Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, let me invite you to be my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins promptly at 1030. If you aren't local, but let's say you're looking for a good church that you can watch online, uh, you can attend our our live stream every Sunday morning, again, same time, 1030. Uh, to learn more about the church, visit calvary316.tv. To access our teaching uh, media, I'm presently in a series called uh, titled uh, Revelation of the King. We're going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Revelation. Uh, you can access all of the, the teaching media, video, audio, sermon notes at c316.tv. So the church website is calvary316.tv. Our media hub is c316.tv. Um, and again, you can watch uh, on Sunday. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash calvary316. Or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, calvary316.live. I do hope that wherever you're listening, whether you're listening on the podcast uh, or via one of our incredible radio partners, this is a nationally syndicated radio show, uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, uh, or... If you're watching, if you're watching uh, our live stream, we live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So whether you're listening, radio, podcast, or watching on YouTube or Facebook, I do hope you stay with me over the next hour as I seek to deconstruct the negative perception of Christians by boldly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. Um, as always, I am joined by my partner in crime, my sidekick, Mr. Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Thanks for having me. How are y'all doing out there? Creighton, if you could just very quickly let the audience know kind of what you're currently doing and what your role really is uh, when it comes to the Outlaw Radio Show. I, I kind of was defining you to a, a friend the other day as as the boast nerdly that can talk. And I know that's a reference that will go over your head, but in the Rush Limbaugh show, uh, Mr. Snurdly is kind of the gatekeeper to his show. You'll never hear Rush ever talk to Bo Snurdly, but he'll pause his monologues uh, because Bo Snurdly can talk to him in his headphones. So he's never on the show, but he actually talks. So uh, from time to time, Rush will actually interact with Bo Snurdly, though you never hear him. So you're the Bo Snurdly uh, that people can hear. Uh, explain to the audience what you're doing presently um, and what your role is. So for everyone who's not 100 years old and doesn't listen oh, to the radio, come on. Uh, basically come what on. I'm doing right now is I've got a whole setup to my left. It's got our podcast on it. Um, not our podcast. It's got our live stream on it. And I'm making sure that the video looks good. The sound of the internet looks good. Um, and then, I mean, I guess that's what I'm doing. That's basically it. I'm just making sure it looks good. I've got a... a whole deal over here so that we can change the camera angles when we want to patch in like screenshots or you know interesting things that we're doing on the radio what we're talking about on the radio i can patch it into the live stream so they can see what we're talking about there are also kind of there are also two other important roles that you have with the show one uh, if you do watch the live stream recording one of the one of the things that makes it so much fun is that you can interact um, as you're listening to the show. And so you can leave a comment, a suggestion, um, and Creighton is kind of the gatekeeper. He's the one behind the keyboard interacting with you. Um, and then if you have a good question, it'll actually get included into the show, uh, into the radio show or the podcast. And so uh, Creighton also acts as the gatekeeper. Um, but you're you're in, in a lot of other ways 
kind of a resident audience member. So you're you're listening to the show, you're you're processing what's being said, and you kind of have complete freedom to interject, to ask questions, uh, to to uh, get me to elaborate on certain points, etc. Right? Yes, I do also do those things, and that is what I do. Mm-hmm. I just was thinking about the current thing that's in front of me. <laughs> Multi a multifaceted approach. Uh, today we are going to talk about something. Um, that is, it's just heavy in the moment. It's relevant in the moment. Now, again, some of the limitations to this is if you're listening on the radio, um, there's a lot of things that have probably happened uh, between uh, where I'm sitting and and when you're listening. Um, where I'm sitting presently, uh, today was a heavy day. Now, I, I do think that it's been a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, I don't want to minimize the significance of it, but uh, today is the day in which Congress, uh, both the Senate as well as the House of Representatives, met to certify the election. And there are several senators and quite a few representatives that uh, are challenging um, some of the electors in various states in which there are um, interesting uh, electoral anomalies, to put it lightly. You might if you come from a different perspective, call it purely voter fraud. Uh, again, there's a lot of suspicion around uh, the election that occurred November 3rd. There's a lot of suspicion around the election that happened last night here in Georgia in this runoff, uh, the senatorial runoff. So today, Congress is getting together. There was going to be challenging um, some of the electors. No one really quite understands all of the, the legalities of what can, can't happen unless you're some type of constitutional law professor. That being said, you listen to Jonathan Turley or you listen to uh, Horowitz, and they differ in opinion. Uh, A lot of people holding out that maybe Vice President Mike Pence uh, would uh, throw out the electors, throwing the entire election into question, in effect, making Donald Trump the next president. While this is all going on, um, there is a, a massive rally of Trump supporters that descended on Washington, D.C. They started arriving last night. Uh, We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people um, that are angry, that are ticked off, uh, believing that this election has been stolen from them, that Donald Trump is, uh, is the legitimate president elect, and that Joe Biden, there's been some tomfoolery involved, some shenanigans at play, and that their vote has been has been stolen. Um, earlier today, as you're watching the news, uh, there was this big rally in which you saw uh, Eric Trump speak. You saw Rudy Giuliani speak. You saw Don Jr. speak. Uh, massive crowd. The president himself actually came and spoke uh, to this massive crowd. Again, uh, of diverse groups, individuals, etc., um, at some point during the day, the, the, this what was peaceful protest, and, and it should be noted that for the vast majority of the day, this was a peaceful protest, that the vast majority of individuals um, in Washington uh, were peaceful, and yet there was a contingency uh, that was able to storm through the gates um, and make their way into the Capitol building. Uh, they were able to topple gates, work their way through the guards, Uh, not face any resistance from the Capitol Police, kick down doors, break through windows, and storm the Capitol building. Something that 
um, sounds insane as I'm saying it and is insane. It's something that hasn't been done. We haven't seen since I think the British did it uh, a couple hundred years ago. Uh, there are all kinds of riots, protests that turn into riots, organizations that come descend on D.C. that far outnumber this particular protest uh, that never are able to breach the Capitol security, especially when uh, both the House and the Senate are in session. Uh, it was chaos. It was pandemonium. Um, you felt like uh, we were we were witnessing a foreign invasion. At least that's what uh, the pundits on uh, cable news networks uh, were playing it up as. Again, I think a lot of this is blown out of proportion. Uh, we'll get to that. In fact, I, I want to... Uh, kind of provide a bit of my analysis um, on what happened today. Uh, a lot of you were working today. Creighton, for example, uh, you come into the studio uh, about 15 minutes before airing. You're getting your stuff together, and you're, you're for the most part like, what are we talking about today? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the storming of the Capitol. And you're like, I know literally nothing about this because I work a job for a living. <laughs> I, yeah, basically it was like I heard at some point during, a, during my lunch break someone was like, Hey, did you hear about the Capitol building? And they were like, it got stormed today. And I was like, yeah, no, it didn't. I'm just going to move on with my day. And apparently it it did. And so there, there's a lot of you out there, again, uh, normal, hardworking Americans working nine to five to put food on the table uh, that are not following all of the particulars of this. And if you are, it's purely getting filtered through uh, whatever news outlet you, you go to, whether it's Fox News or, uh, or you know, 95.5 FM, uh, 7.50, uh, wherever you get your news, whether it's on the radio or some website, uh, that's how you were somewhat staying connected. Uh, you were maybe even following a little bit on Twitter. Um, so there, there's kind of multiple angles that I want to talk about, kind of unpack the things that we saw happen today. I, I, I am going to provide a bit of, of an analysis of, of kind of how I interpret, how I view uh, these things. Um, I, I'm going to also try to to the best of my ability, explain why um, I think these things are happening. Um, they're not going away. They're going to get worse. Um, and the, the pundits on television have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Like, they, they don't understand. I, I'm going to unpack all of that throughout the course of the episode. But, but I really want to start where we should start. And that is kind of a, a Christian response to the things that, that we were witnessing not just today, but, but really since November 3rd. Um, I, for full disclosure, uh, I am one of the, those people. Um, I voted for Donald Trump. Um, I supported the Trump agenda. There are certain things about his personality that run me a little wrong. There's some things about his personality that, that I like. The fact that he's not your stereotypical politician, that, that he, he speaks what he thinks. And, and as a result, he's, he's unpolitical. Uh, because there are certain things that he says that no politician would ever in their right mind say because they get him into trouble. I, for me, I find it refreshing, even when I disagree with it, because it's like, well, at least I know where he stands and what he's thinking, and I don't feel like he's playing a game with me. He's being transparent, and, and really, that's kind of an anomaly when it comes to the political sphere, transparency. You don't get it often with your, your politician. So I voted for Trump. I supported the the agenda. There's a lot of things about Trump that, that I have appreciated um, I, I will I will say that I'm also of the opinion uh, that this election that Donald Trump won the election and that the reason that Joe Biden is going to be president is not because he won it legitimately, 
but because a lot of shenanigans took place because of these mail-in ballots. I think that there was an incredible amount of fraud. And I don't say that because I'm taking Donald Trump's word for it. Because, you know, uh, Twitter flags every single one of his tweets saying that, you know, this is not true. It doesn't pass the smell test. Like, just what I saw of Joe Biden's campaign. Uh, The man is dealing with a cognitive decline, if not early dementia. He didn't leave his basement. He didn't campaign. Uh, And when he did, his rallies... He had a hard time uh, filling a a classroom of a dozen people when Trump has these massive rallies of thousands and thousands and thousands my entire life. Uh, Energy, 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 momentum, momentum, momentum. And there was no momentum for Joe Biden or his his VP, Kamala Harris. Again, no enthusiasm. And to tell me that he was not just uh, able to win the election, but he was able to garner more votes than Obama did? Again, that just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Not just that, but to say that Trump uh, got more votes than he did in 2016, uh, increased his support of the the black vote by 10 points, increased his his support of the Latinos by like 20 points, that that he increased his his percentage points uh, with the LGBTQ community. Uh, Again, there's nothing about this. It seems uh, suspicious. So I'm also one of those individuals where I feel as though there's something uh, there's something rotten um, about the system, um, which explains why the Rhino Republicans, the Never Trumpers, uh, are just all too quick uh, to see Trump uh, right off into the sunset, and, and why the, the mainstream media is saying that anyone asking questions uh, is a looney tune. That sends up all types of red flags to me. So I am that person, and yet I have a a different response. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue the start with the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, It is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. If you're listening on the radio, I, I, I do apologize that the subject matter of what I'm talking about today might feel a bit dated. The reason for that is just the way our production schedule works. If you're listening on the podcast, this should be a a bit more fresh. Hopefully you're watching us live Uh, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. And if you're watching, uh, this is incredibly current because I'm talking about the things that are happening today. And that is this insanity that took place in Washington, D.C., where some knuckleheads, some yahoos, some thugs... 
breached the Capitol building. Um, it's insanity. While the House of Representatives and the Senate were in session seeking to certify the Electoral College votes, like you had the capital of the most powerful country on the planet, the Capitol building, get breached by people that were not armed. That, that to me, it's insanity. And in the course of this, a young lady lost her life, ends up getting shot by Capitol Police, which, which to me is also a thing because she's unarmed. And I, I, I would love to know why, um, why it's okay to shoot unarmed um, individuals, even if they're in the Capitol building, why they're not using uh, rubber bullets, et cetera. But I deviate. I, I want to just get into, though, and this is why I think it's relevant at any point, how Christians should respond uh, to what we're feeling, especially the segment of Christians um, that voted for Donald Trump, um, that like Donald Trump, and that feel as though uh, their vote for Donald Trump was marginalized through fraud and corruption. I fit into that particular category. Um, there is a part of me that is sympathetic uh, to a lot of the frustration uh, that my fellow citizens are feeling. Recent stats, even today, the 6th of January, 50% of Republicans honestly believe that this election was stolen through electoral fraud. 50%. Like that, that's, that's an incredible number of Americans are convinced this is an, an illegitimate election and thus Biden is an illegal president. Like, I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. That's, that's not a good dynamic. So as a Christian, I want to just, I want to kind of talk about what our response should, should be. And one, throughout the course of today watching the news, I, I keep coming back to what Jesus said in the Beatitudes, where he's talking about uh, kind of the constitution of his kingdom. Like these are not the do attitudes, they're the Beatitudes. It's what the citizens of heaven, what, what our character should be. This, by the way, is a character that we should have uh, not just in heaven, but now. The kingdom, us being ambassadors of that kingdom. I just keep coming back to where Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers. You know, Jesus didn't provide any, any particular qualifications. He just said, blessed are those who make it their goal to make peace to seek peace, to desire to foster peace. Not just with peace with those they agree with, not just peace with those they align themselves politically with, even peace with their, their enemies, even peace with those that seek them harm, that we are to be actively engaged, our attitude fostering peace, not hostility, not riots, not vandalism, not animosity or hostility, that we should be peacemakers. That as Christians in this world, our job is to be peacemakers. The other thought that kept churning in my head as I'm watching kind of chaos play out on the television screen today is just the notion that God is completely sovereign. So 
it seems to me, at least from a Christian standpoint, I'm not, I'm not a Calvinist. I believe in free will, but I also believe in the sovereignty of God. And as Daniel, the prophet said, it's God who causes kingdoms to rise and kingdoms to fall. It's God who, who makes kings and crowns kings and gives them authority. And it's God who changes that, as David said. You know, David was anointed to be the next king of, of Israel, but he would only assume the authority once God removed Saul. And until God removed the throne from Saul, David believed him to be God's anointed. He was his king. Like God is in total control with who's president of the United States of America. Uh, one of the sticking points I had to a lot of uh, my Christian never Trumper fans was like just the idea of being a never Trumper um, is contrary to, the, again, the sovereignty of God and the fact that God put Donald Trump into office. Like, whether you like him or not, hate him or don't, find him detestable, he was God's man for those four years. Placed into that position to do God's bidding, to f- further God's plan, God's will, the trajectory of, of what God intends for this world, good, bad, or ugly. If Joe Biden is the president of the United States come whatever the 20th of January, whether he stole the election or not, um, you have to recognize him as God's sovereign man for this time. Dementia or not, that, that there is a reason for it. And thus, our job as Christians is not to uh, revolt or rebel against it, as long as the laws of man don't cause us to, to live in such a way to contradict the laws of God. There is a balance to it. But, but again, uh, we have to respect our leaders, their position, recognizing God's sovereign hand behind it. And with so much of what's happening, I think Christians have just lost sight of that. Like, yes, let's say the election was completely stolen and Biden becomes president. It doesn't mean that God's any less in control, which then means that God allowed the election to be stolen because God determined that he wanted Joe Biden or let's say Kamala Harris to be president, right? So blessed are the peacemakers. We've got to return to this idea of the sovereignty of God and and not just the idea of it, but to place our faith and trust in the wisdom of it. You know, the other thought that I had, and, and, and this is kind of a bigger thought that I've been chewing on really since the turn of the year. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm going to be changing a little bit of, of my social media discourse, the things that I tweet, the things that I like, the things that I, I pass along, you know, I do believe that there's persecution coming. I do believe that there is going to be a real political threat to those that voted for Donald Trump. I think that that if you hold to certain political positions, that there is going to be a concerted animosity towards you. But the thought I keep coming back to is like, I have no problems going to jail and I have no problems being persecuted. I want to be persecuted and, 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 and thrown into jail because I'm a Christian, not because I'm a Republican. Like if I go to jail, so be it. I just want to make sure that the reason I'm persecuted isn't for my politics, but the person that I've dedicated my life to. Like I want to go to jail because I'm a follower of Jesus, not because I voted for Trump. Uh, At this point, I I do have to kind of throw things over. Creighton, uh, a resident observer, 
my partner in crime, you're you're kind of giggling with what I just said. There was a smile broke out on your face. What what you, what's your thought? There? My thought was just like I want to go to jail because I believe that Jesus is the Christ, not because I want lower taxes. <laughs> right, right. It just it was a funny it was a funny thought. It came to me. Like, do I want to go to jail, or 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 even then? Like, let's go really extreme. Do I want to lose my life because of you know the opposition of a tyrannical government? And I find myself in heaven and like I'm around like one of the campfires in the throne room, um, you know, which are the Holy Spirit, the seven lampstands. I like to think of them as campfires and we'll have marshmallows and have s'mores uh, with the Holy Spirit. And that's my own twisted perversion and interpretation. I was going to say twisted that. is a good yeah. word. Uh, and so like I'm in, around one of the, the Holy Spirit campfires in the throne room of heaven. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm talking to, you know, there's the apostle Paul and, 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 and I know how Paul got there. You know, Paul was beheaded by Nero for for his faith in Jesus. And he's like, "Hey, I hear you're one of the one of the martyrs too. You died. How how did you get up here?" And it's like, "Well, uh, Paul, I refused to wear a mask, and they they beheaded me. Um, but it was it was you know I I laid down my life because of my resistance of of being masked up, like like." Okay, that's just not how I want to go out. Yeah, Paul, I just I I didn't say they when I was supposed to. Yeah, I said him or her, and they took my life as a result. Like, play the game. Like when it's all said and done. Like I want to die because of my faith in Jesus and not my the, the vote I cast on an election day. The other thought, and this kind of will wrap up a little bit of the Christian response. I think is 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 relevant here. Um. And there's really not a nice way or an easy way to say it. This is not our fight. Like, you can be upset about the election. You can be perturbed by it. Uh, you can be ruffled from it. Um, like, going to Washington, D.C. to protest. Like this, is, like, this is a secular world, a secular society, a secular government. Sure, we're citizens, but our kingdom is of heaven um, our, our king's name, Jesus, um, this is not our fight. Like, when it's all said and done, I see, I see getting really bent out of shape about these type of, of issues, like getting, getting upset with, you know, the other, the other crew charged with arranging the deck, you know, the, 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 the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. It's like, those are my chairs, no, those are my chairs. Well, I like to put them this way. Well, I like to put... When you know the boat is going to sink, like it's going down, uh, it's it's all going to get destroyed. A thousand years from now, no one, no, no one will care. Like this is not our fight. Our fight, it's having a fight over something that in the grand scheme of eternity is not just insignificant, it's just purely stupid. Again, you can be politically engaged, but you got to be... Your politics have to be in proportion to your mission. And our mission is is to see people saved and rescued from the boat that will sink. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're like most of us, a Christian listening to this broadcast, maybe you're not a Christian. That's okay. We're glad you're with us. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we can definitely say we're experiencing a certain level of disillusionment with what's happening in our country. Our vote didn't seem to matter this time. And that's very concerning. It's very concerning for us. I want you to stay with us. Zach's words in the first half of the Outlaw Radio Show are very important for us to remember. Jesus 
is still on the throne. He's sovereign. He's in control. Don't go anywhere. Zach and Creighton will be back in a moment with the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. You're listening to a special edition of the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. Here's Zach. Uh, Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Again, my name is Zach Adams. I do encourage you to join us. Uh, We live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. We stream on our YouTube channel. The easiest way to find it is just to check out Cal... uh, to check out, excuse me, outlawradio.live. Uh, you can also uh, watch on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Uh, one of the fun things about watching the show, as opposed to just listening, whether it's on the radio or a podcast, uh, is, is A, you can interact with us in real time, uh, Creighton and I. Um, but we're also joined by another friend of ours, uh, Mr. Nick Monty. And between blocks, uh, Nick is kind of uh, processing the show, thinking through the show. And between blocks, he shares some of his thoughts, um, which can be very helpful because it, it more often than not enhances what I'm talking about because it pricks uh, new ideas. And, and this is one of those. We were, again, between blocks talking about uh, this particular episode. And just the thought hit me in, in the course of our dialogue that there is a component to what's going on uh, culturally, societally, politically in America. Um, There is this angst within Christians about what's going on. And it really centers on on this, I think. And and, and this is kind of a new thought. But it, it almost feels as though we're resisting something that we know is coming. That the reason that that we're getting so bent out of shape about uh, the election getting stolen or where uh, we rallied around Trump um, uh, because he would he would protect religious freedoms is that like deep down within our soul, uh, we sense a change um, in a lot of ways. Like the weather changing, like there's a lot of indicators societally within academia, culture. Uh, that our world and America, the population at large, is not just growing more secular, but is growing more hostile to Christian ideals and thus the individuals that hold those ideals. That a lot of the things that, that the, the beliefs that we hold that are part of the, the basic framework of our being um, are not just challenged by our society, but labeled by our society as being bigoted. Uh, there is, and I think we all sense this, a, a movement culturally uh, whereby Christian persecution will be experienced in American society in a way that it's never been experienced before and might be more akin to bygone eras. The church in America has largely been insulated from persecution. We have, you know, the Bill of Rights, and we have uh, certain protections, but we've seen within 2020 a lot of like the, the basic ability to go and attend a church service has, under the guise of a public health crisis, been uh, been negated. Certain uh, Christian thinkers and thought get flagged on social media as being hate speech. Our positions about marriage is hate speech. Our positions about about gender is considered to be hate speech. Uh, so much of our fundamental beliefs 
there is just a cultural movement, not just disagreeing with, but becoming hostile towards. And we sense it. We know it's coming. And really, out of out of a desire for our ch- our children um, to 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 be able to grow up in in, in a world um, of bygone eras of better times, like we're trying to fight things that are that are inevitable. And I think that that's part of the frustration that a lot of Christians are experiencing. Um, but we've got to understand that that we're we're fighting against currents that are predestined, that are inevitable. That must happen for the ultimate con, uh, consummation, f- the manifestation of God's plan for this world uh, to finally come to completion. In, in fact, in our next episode, I, I want to talk a little bit about why I believe eschatology is such a relevant thing uh, for today. I know it's fallen out of vogue in a, in a lot of Christian circles, but but I think it's very important. And, and we'll talk about that. In fact, I was going to talk about it in today's episode, but current events truncated that. My analysis of what we're seeing happening, like why uh, people are reacting to this particular election the way that they are, and I've got a few a few different theories. Again, my analysis, uh, the theories of, of what's motivating this, and then and then we'll kind of close with some thoughts about the particulars of of what's going on. But you know, there, there's only like Creighton. You know what, like the the bully victim syndrome is uh, as someone who's been bullied. I can probably guess like, so you can only bully someone for so long until that individual either just wilts away or reacts to the bully. Yes. You can watch videos of this all over the internet of the little kid just slugging his bully <laughs> after he's getting picked on and they're, Wonderful videos. I see this with with my sons. So Quincy's nine, Theodore's six. Um, As a result, Quincy's bigger than Theodore, and he'll pick on his little brother. He'll pick on his little brother, and and Theo will be patient and patient and patient, and then, like, he'll see red snap, and all heck breaks loose. You know, like, you can only push someone so far, um, and I have no problems with him uh, enacting his vengeance on his brother because his brother deserved it. It keeps the equilibrium in my house uh, in balance. Societally, culturally, I think in a lot of sense, that's kind of what we're seeing happening right now. Uh, the mainstream media, culture, the, the, the political pundits, the popular folks. I mean, tr- Trump supporters, of which there were 70 million, um, have been called literally every name in the book over the last five years. Uh, you've, they've been called uh, racist. They've been called homophobic. They've been called uh, xenophobic. They've been called like any phobic phobia there is. They've been called. They've been called Russian assets, assets, spies, Uncle Tom's, Uncle Tom's. Joe Biden said, if you if you're if you're black and you vote, you ain't black. Like, again, we have seen over the course of five years, um, anyone that voted for Trump or supports Trump or aligns himself with Trump um, being pushed around, made fun of, called uh, Neanderthalic, uneducated. Uh, Obama said, you know, you, uh, these, are, these are people that, uh, that cling to their guns and God. Uh, Hillary Clinton famously said that, 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 you know, these are a basket of deplorables. I, again, you can only ridicule, demean, minimize and marginalize people for so long until there is a 
um, a, a, a reaction, a kickback to it. I'll add another component that I think fosters this. Um, there is a point in time in which white people say enough with white fragility and the idea that, that I, am, I am a racist just because I'm white. Um, again, uh, Martin Luther King dreamed of the day that people would ju- be judged by the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. And yet we see within our society, like the most uh, hated group, uh, the group that is, that, that is, is ridiculed uh, that there's racial animus against more than anyone is the white male. The white male is uh, the most hated class of people um, in our society. And there's again, only so long that people just take it. Um, and so what I think you're seeing is a, a, a bit of a reaction, a natural reaction. Uh, you don't think I'm, I'm too far uh, out of bounds there, Crane, right? Um, I don't know if I'd say that white people are, or white males are the most hated people in America right now. I don't know if I would go quite that far. But, I mean, the, the bully victim uh, uh, framework that you're building is basically the story of every revolt, revolution, and or citizen kickback in all of time it, it is it is how if that group of people has been marginalized enough then you see what happens today and, and I, again uh, my intention here is not to excuse anyone's behavior what happened today is not good it's not right it's not appropriate couth you might say i'm not justifying it but what i'm what i'm trying to do is like again um, you can victim blame, but the more uh, wise approach is to consider the mechanism for why this is happening. Like that leads to more solutions. It leads to the ability to avoid these things happening in the future. Uh, it, it will help us avoid a civil war in our country. If we can try to, uh, instead of, again, uh, blaming people, try to seek to understand them. Let me throw this right out. When Black Lives Matter, when you had this, this incredible reaction to po- police brutality and these instances of you know just inappropriate police behavior and you had you know BLM and you had their 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 protests and then some of the protests that became riots i kept hearing over and over and over and over again the problem is that is that instead of just shutting up and trying to listen to understand the other side we just immediately dismiss them and that just fosters the issue that if that if we could seek to understand the other side uh, it would be enlightening I think that there was some truth to that. What's interesting is all the people that were saying that about BLM are not trying to engage into any type of intellectual exercise of understanding the motivation of why we have people kicking down barriers and breaking into the Capitol building of the United States of America. There's no interest in what's motivating them. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue these thoughts with the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, 
audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. With over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must-visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Just a little analysis about the things that, that, are, that are going on in our, in our society. Um, we need to try to understand what motivates people to do kind of crazy things if we're ever to try to find remedies and avoid those things in the future. Um, it was, I think, uh, one of the mistakes a lot of people made when it came to Black Lives Matter, just dismissing it, as opposed to trying to sit down and understand uh, what was motivating this societal outcry. We needed to do the same thing. And one of the reasons that I, I think you're having these reactions is just, again, the the... You can only bully someone and make fun of them and you know, demean them for so long until there's a reaction. I think one of the other reasons is just the, the blatant hypocrisy. You know, it was amazing, and Creighton, you'll find this interesting. I know you weren't watching the news, but back when Antifa and you had the BLM riots, you had all this stuff happening in the summer. Do you remember when uh, the pundits, uh, like the word you couldn't use was mob? mob mentality the mob as a matter of fact mob got branded as being some type of, of of racist term they were peaceful protests i do remember the use of the word peaceful protest when they were burning things and it was ridiculous as opposed to mob immediately these were mobsters like 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 we the, the media skipped any pretext like chris como on cnn said you know protests sometimes need to riot like i, I don't know about too many peaceful protests like that there is a time in which you know in order to change the system in order to make your point heard uh, sometimes violence is necessary you heard you heard the justification of what happened in in, in in inner cities across america all summer long and then and then in the, the first time the other side of the aisle tries to voice some grievances uh, they get shut down, demeaned, ridiculed. Like there's this hypocrisy in it all where it's like, again, people have kind of had enough. Like shut up and sit down. Um, the other thing is, I mean, let's, let's be real. People have been locked down um, under, under what, what is now being kind of characterized as COVID porn. Like this just complete hysteria. Um, it's middle America. It's lower class America. It is Trump voters, by and large, that are getting economically hammered because of the pandemic. It's not your Democrat voters. It's not your upper class white liberals. It's not your tech community. It is the you know the school teachers, the the, the lunchroom ladies. It is uh, the construction guys. It is your blue collar landscapers. It is the the. The people on the front line, they're getting hammered. Your Trump voters are economically getting hammered. And there is this, this disconnect. Again, like we do have this stage set, and it's part of the media's problem, where the people feel as though the elites don't understand their plight. I think that what happened today is a lot of a kickback against the Republicans. Mitch McConnell's an idiot. Cocaine Mitch, as they call him. 
they needed to pass the $2,000 stimulus and the, the, the Republicans sat on it. And it's why uh, Purdue and Loeffler lost in Georgia. Completely out of touch with the suffering American. I would also say that what, what we see is a reaction to this perceived notion that there is no equal justice in America. I've mentioned this before, but I mean, uh, for a year, we heard about Fast and Furious, no arrests. We heard about Benghazi, no arrests. We heard about uh, the, the, the Hillary Clinton and her illegal server and how she needed to go to jail. And we still are, are hearing, lock her up, nothing happened. The, the dirtiness of the Clinton Foundation, nothing happened. Donald Trump has no connections to Russia, and they, 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 they launch investigation after investigation, and people go to jail for, for perjuring themselves in honey traps and, and all kinds of, of crazy things. Um, there's an equal justice perception. Just the whole Russia, Russia gate. No one's been arrested. We have Americans that were, that were illegally spied on. You have James Clapper, the head of the NSA, say that, they didn't spy on Americans. And then you had Edward Snowden and Julian, uh, Julian Hassan who, who released the WikiLeaks where we know the NSA collects data on all of us. He completely perjured himself. Any, any accountability? No, not at all. There's a perception that the FBI is corrupt, that the CIA is corrupt. Again, we have a perception in America. I feel it. In which there is a justice for thee, but a justice for me. And people are sick of it. The other thing, and again, no one wants to talk about it, is like, what do you really do? Like, if you believe that the election was stolen, which means that your vote no longer matters or carries any weight. Like, the beauty of democracy is that your vote matters, that it is the way we protest, that it is the peaceful protest, that instead of taking to the streets, instead of rioting, instead of picketing, uh, we make our voices heard through a vote. We have a say in who's elected. But the problem being is that when you believe an election was stolen, it means your, your vote doesn't matter. So how, so what now is the mechanism for your voice to be heard? And again, you have 50% of Republicans in America, like some 35 million people that believe the election was stolen. What do they do to make their voice heard? Do they delete their social media accounts, go underground and just decide to no longer vote again because their vote doesn't matter, which we all feel inclined to do? Well, if you do that, they won and they don't care. They would like you to do that. Now, people believe, honestly, that the country is being overtaken unless you're seeing this reaction. But I will tell you that something stinks to high heaven about the events of today. Like there's a reason that, that no one has been able to breach the security of the United States Capitol before. You have million man marches. You have protests in D.C. all the time. Why in the world were Trump supporters allowed to get into the Capitol building? When the last people to do this were the British the D.C. mayor, we just learned, issued last night a stand-down order. The National Guard was kept at bay. Like, there's something about the whole situation stinks. Now, again, I've been saying this for a year now, and it's in moments like this I come back to it. 
that we are given narratives and not news. And so if you want to know what's happening, look at the immediate narrative. And what's the narrative? This was Donald Trump's fault. I mean, even Fox News immediately began blaming Donald Trump and, and, and Ted Cruz. They were, they were saying, Britt Hume, that Trump you know, has just ruined his legacy or his chance of ever being elected again. That there are people that, that really do believe, believe Trump, but Donald Trump has been intentionally selling them lies. You have never Trumpers. People like Eric Erickson, who's a Christian, who tweeted at 302 today, shoot the protesters, wave the rules, impeach him, wave the rules, convict him, wave the rules and deny him the ability to run for election again. He's a Christian talk show host here in Atlanta. Like, was this a setup? You know, what's interesting about this is, is, is who wins the Democrats and the Republicans? Why? Because Donald Trump is a threat to their power even when he leaves office. And if they can do something to try to marginalize him and his voters, to try to set him aside, to try to force him to go away, it's to their advantage. Like who wins? It's the elites, the Democrats and the Republicans. They're who wins in what happened today, which tells me it stinks. I will say this. Without Donald Trump, the GOP will never win another election again. Mark my words. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Creighton, thanks for being with me. I know there, you didn't say a lot, but thanks for being here. Hey, it's always a pleasure. And uh, if you like my voice, I'm more talkative on the uh, live stream. On the live stream, 8 p.m. Wednesday nights. Uh, if you are listening on the radio, check out uh, our podcast. It's available on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, outlawradio.live, again, is where we stream. All of our contact information you can find at outlawradio.org email, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams.
Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions. 